Hello and welcome to the DH Effect. I'm Hillary and this is my beautiful co-host, Sonia. Our focus this month is on finding ways to inspire our hearts and really honoring this journey of growth along the way. John and Anna Mann have been dreaming about writing The Go-Giver Marriage together for nearly two decades. That's some patience, right? That is some patience. <laughs> it is such a beautiful parable around the five secrets to lasting love. And we are so grateful for this honest celebration of the joys and struggles. Yes. <laughs> you know, it's got to have both of a lasting marriage. And we just want to welcome you both. We are so honored. Well, we have been looking forward to this. It's yes. great to be here. Thank you so much. Oh, it is just, it's our, it's our honor really, truly to have you, but I just have to start. We have to start with this question. Like, why was this so important for you to write? (laughs) You know, I'm going to give that to Anna because it was her idea. Well, to me, it was important to write simply because I've been a therapist for a long time, a marriage therapist. And I find that people get caught in their story. They get caught in their material. And when you're in a pattern of criticizing your spouse or in some sort of negative behavior, that pattern becomes a fine-tuned neurological loop. And so as you criticize, you keep looking for things to criticize. And the truth of, of changing a neurological loop is it's changed by a new habit. You know, people that express gratitude and start to have a gratitude practice find that their whole life transforms for the better, because they're paying attention to the little things that they're grateful for. Well, the first secret of our book is the secret of appreciation. And it's really like gratitude on steroids, because when you take the time to authentically appreciate your partner for, you know, and specific in specifics, you know, you're giving them a gift, you're witnessing them and being witnessed, being seen and heard and understood is what everybody in the world wants most of all. That is so true and so powerful. And I love that's something that we actually teach on a a really fundamental level is this idea that, you know, and and there's a a powerful moment in my life that I often share um, where there was a family tragedy that led to me being lost for a while and walking into a training and having people I didn't know before after an hour talking about the love that I showed up with and the joy and how they saw that and the tears coming because for the first time in my life in my 30s I felt seen at a heart level not the outside but at a heart level and so that speaks to me so profoundly and and it is so true you have this beautiful line and John I'd love to hear you um it, expand on this as well, which is that, you know, when you are looking for the negative, the negative is all you see. When you look for the love and you look for the positive, it illuminates. I love the word illuminates. It illuminates the way. Is that something that you practice in your own marriage? It is. It absolutely is. And, you know, you asked what what made it so urgent for us or why was it so important to write this book? And, And one of the reasons um, you know, certainly is on his background. Another one of the reasons is that for years, people would ask us things like, you guys, what is your secret sauce? I mean, what's up with you guys? Why, why, why are you, why, why being with you feels like being with newlyweds and you've oh. been together for, for ages, right? And so 
part of the, the impulse to write this um, has been that we've wanted to kind of bottle that put, that, put that secret sauce in a bottle and share it with people because it, it's, I mean, it's hard won for us. We came together later in life in our 40s and we'd already been through some, some trials and tribulations in our lives. So it, it feels to us like we've earned this mm. happiness by really kind of learning it, learning how this works, learning what the, what the vocabulary and what the, what the ingredients of, of lasting and growing love are. So we wanted to share that. Just frankly, we, wanted, we want people to have the same kind of happiness we have. And um, yeah, sweetheart, what would you say to that? Well, and, and also, you know, uh, in a good therapeutic relationship with a therapist, the therapist is, ref is re a reflection. They're, they're constantly reflecting what you're thinking and feeling. But at the same time, a good therapist is a teacher because we don't learn about boundaries. We don't learn about you know, ways that we can change things with positive behavior, um, unless it's taught to us, because mm -hmm. it's, you know, so when we were writing the book, it, it felt really important to me that we were teaching these secrets, and we were helping people to understand, you know, yes, there's a polar opposite to every secret. And at the same time, if you practice the secret itself, and that you can transform your relationship, even if only one of you is practicing. Wow. Yeah, I was going to say, Anna said that thing about the neurological loop. These are what we call the five secrets are really just five simple behaviors, like mm -hmm. things you can do, practically do, implement in, in just moments and minutes per day uh, that at the consistently practiced day after day become a habit, become a way of being. And we, as we say in the book, love is a practice. It's not just something you fall into. We say you fell in love like it's a puddle you fell into. <laughs> yeah, well, it feels like that maybe at first, but no, it's a practice. Love is something you do. It's an active verb. And it is, you know, Hillary, you said that this really beautiful thing about, about you know, the, the illuminating, about seeing the other person, about feeling seen in your 30s. There's a line in the book that says love is not blind. This common expression, love is blind. No, 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 no. It's the opposite. Love has the eyes of an eagle. Mm -hmm. When you love somebody, when you, when you practice watching them, observing them, looking for the things that are amazing about them, you see things in them that maybe nobody else sees or nobody else sees with the clarity that you see. Love is, when practiced regularly, is illuminating. You start to really see this person for all the, the beauty and the glory and the, and the wonderfulness that they really are because that's true of everybody. So I'm really resonating with the relationship and our my marriage with with Hillary, because <laughs> um, one thing and and Hillary, you know, um, we each have showed up in our individual lives with this powerful intuition of what it is to love, mm -hmm. um, and we only have been together. This is the same for about two, two years, years. Yeah. and no, and people can't understand how why that is. What? only two years, it seems like you have been friends since childhood. And it is a sense of our first meeting together is that vulnerability and that trust and that leaning in. Uh, what was powerful for me is that even though I grew up with this intuition of what it should feel like and what I should do, it was the language, the words. I, I hadn't had practice using the words of acknowledgement. And through the Virtues Project, Hillary was elevating this for me. So really quick story this morning, my husband and I, we say goodbye. And I, as I'm hugging him, I said, oh my gosh, did you make your lunch? Oh, no. Well, when he did that, my cop here, my whole five gallon cup of coffee, <laughs> five gallon, 
it was, it was just three cups, but <laughs> flew across the kitchen floor. Like it was the worst scene that could have ever <laughs> could have. And so both of us instantly just action wise, right. Grab a towel. We both were cleaning up and I just used the words, right. Cause we could have took it for granted. Like, you know what? We just show up. We just do what we do. But to actually say, I appreciate that you actually helped me. Thank you so much that both of us, you know, the acknowledgement, it elevates. There's something so powerful about lifting up the relationship with the words that we use. So, yeah. oh, you I said that so that well. Sto- yeah, I love that story because it is simple things. You know, I, I often will ask um, somebody, when was the last time you thanked your partner for something that they do routinely that's not your chore? <laughs> And they're like, and it's like, well, do you take the trash out? And they're like, no. And it's like, okay, so I realize it's a little thing, but have you let them know that you really appreciate that they do that every week and that you don't have to think about it? I learned this from Anna. I learned this from Anna because she, when we were first together, she would, she would say things to me like, I thank you so much for doing this. And for me, it was like, yeah, well, I mean, of course I did that, but there's so much that we take for granted. There's so much that we just kind of let slip into, into the oblivion of, yeah, we already know that. So when we're first together as a romantic couple, everything is roses and amazingness. So we're all over each other with words as well as actions. But then, you know, as we're together over time, things start to grab our attention. Uh, we start to have things clamoring for, for our you know, kids, family issues, finances, jobs, health issues, friends, blah, blah, blah. And we kind of let all these things that we love about each other and that, we, and that we're grateful for about each other slip into the background of, yeah, we already know that. So yeah, my wife already knows that I appreciate her. My husband already knows that I appreciate him. No, 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 no. <laughs> it's not enough to already know it. As you say, it elevates. That's beautifully said, Sonia. You really like that. It elevates the relationship every time you point it out again. This like a, a baby. You don't say, oh, you're so beautiful. And then the next day you're like, well, I already told him yesterday, right? So he, he already knows it. No, no, no. With a baby, you do it every day, <laughs> multiple times a day. Mm-hmm. With a, you know, with a dog, you say, you're constantly saying, what a good boy you are. Well, if our pets and with our children, why not with our spouse? Yeah. Well, it reminds me of that whole thing that we talk about with like a cup, you, you have to fill up with how you want to show up. And if you're not getting filled up with those things, how can you show up? You're on empty, right? Um, Anna, I would love from your professional background and opinion, something that really struck me was this idea, you know, oh, go and tell one of the things that's suggested in there. And by the way, challenge DH effect challenge, alert, 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 go and tell your partner five things that you see in them that are unique and special and you are grateful for that's in the book. Right. And yet, and I, we find this time and time again, so simple. And yet the response is, Ooh, that feels yucky. That feels uncomfortable. I don't know. Like, Ooh, what, why is such a simple thing like that on a so hard for us to be comfortable with? Well, it's like a muscle, you know, you have to work it to make it, to make it come to life. And so when people first start appreciating their spouse and, you know, we start people with just three times a day and then work to four and then go to five um, because it takes about a minute to do each one, but it Mm -hmm. needs to be specific and authentic. It's not enough to just say, I appreciate you, babe. You know, that's not an appreciation. Mm 
you're terrific. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You're looking great today. You know, yes, everybody loves hearing that, but it's not an appreciation. And appreciation is more like a gratitude practice where you are really letting them know that something that they do means a lot to you. And I had a client recently who, you know, she just told her husband that when you talk to the kids, I feel really blessed that you're their father because you're just so caring and so authentic. And you just, you understand each one of them differently and you really tune into their individual needs. And it's just so powerful to watch you. And I just want you to know, I just appreciate it so much. I just feel blessed. And that took her less than a minute. And she said, he welled up with tears Mm -hmm. because he grew up with a really critical father and he didn't have a father the way he is showing up. And so it really meant everything. He said, it's the only thing I really care about. I want to do a good job as a father. Mm-hmm. And she said, well, you're terrific. You're better than a good job. Mm-hmm. And they went off on their separate tracks. He went to work. She went off to her job. And, but she said the whole day, you know, he mentioned it again in the evening. It was just one moment. So it's, it's when you're specific like that and you have found something that you know, I mean, we all know the places that our partners are vulnerable. We know the places that they are working extra hard. It could be even just that they're working extra hard at work and you're saying, you know, I know that you're just killing yourself at, at your job right now. And I want you to know how much I appreciate that you come home to us and that you're all here when you do and that you're just putting so much energy in, into making certain worse secure. Can, I just can't imagine those who are witnessing that. Like mm-hmm. I, I'm witnessing this in my mind, uh, how beautiful that exchange can be. And I imagine within the family or whatever that group is to witness the exchange happening, that it elevates others who are watching this. And mm-hmm. it's a modeling, right? Yes. Especially if there's young ones, um, Oh, oh, right. I mean, the power, I can imagine the power of that, wherever that exchange happened. And that child looking at my dad, like my dad's pretty cool. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) exactly. Exactly. And what you'll see happening, and this has happened to many clients of mine, their children start um, authentically witnessing each other and, but mostly their parents, like one of, one of uh, the children in that situation did hear that exchange and about I don't know, three days later, she said, daddy, I think you're terrific. <laughs> awesome. And it was the last thing her mom had said. She said, you're better than good. You're terrific. Wow. You know, it was the last thing she said. And here her, her little, her little chirping bird was repeating it. It was <clears> very <throat> sweet. You know, it's something that is really, I think I would love to hear you both speak about because children in the book, that's also a recurring theme. And it is when, when kids come in, especially if there are some difficulties, we had difficulties um, with, with, and we both actually have had experienced that in our past with, and it is hard when you are mobilizing for the kids to also see one another. And um, in one of our situations, I always tell people, it's like, we did, we, if you turn away from each other, you're, you're finished. You have to turn towards each other. And Jeff, my husband, I have to honor him so much because he made this powerful from the time that that we had kids, he never said, you know, don't speak to your mother that way. He would say, don't speak to my wife that way. And he made it very, very clear that our relationship was the relationship that was the base and the foundation for the family relationship. Wow. 
it, good for yeah, him. Yeah, it was a very powerful. Uh, but how how do you? I'm sure you both see that with children coming into it. How do we hold on to the marriage in the midst of the kid chaos? Well, Jeff actually did it perfectly because in the book we describe the you, the me, and the us. And the us is the intersection or the third entity in the room. There's two individuals and then there's this third entity, which is the relationship itself, the marriage. And so when he said, don't talk to my wife that way, he was saying, we are a team and you don't get to diss the team. And, and that's a really powerful thing for a child to experience simply because that's dad laying down a boundary that says mom is special to me and you can't, you can't do this. There's a really interesting application of that, which pertains to people who divorce. And even though we're talking about marriage, I'll talk about divorce for a moment, because you can have a situation where a couple splits up a divorce and the kids are, are naturally distraught about that. It can affect kids in all different kinds of ways, depending on the situation and the kids and so on and so forth. We all know that. But then how do these ex-married people treat each other? And how do they talk about each other to the kids? Because it is very possible to have a divorce, but still present yourselves as an us in relation to the kids. And if the kids talk about going to mom's house and going to dad's house and, what this, and they get the same story in both places and the story they get is that they're still in us, we're your parents, we love you. This is what we've decided about this and this is how we think about that. If the we is still alive, the kids have a foundation to grow from. Yeah, it's traumatic that the family split up, but they're still in us. But if, if one or both are, are talking dirt and trash about the other one in the kid's earshot, that shatters their foundation. Worse than the divorce, I think. It's worse than the divorce because the us, now they've shattered the us. So for, 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 for anyone listening who has gone through a divorce or, or is going through a divorce, remember that there is still an us. You know, there is an us after divorce and you want to treat that with great care because that's, what your, that's your kid's nourishment. That's their foundation. That's their roots. That's their soil. Exactly. And you can have all kinds of difficult, you can have all kinds of difficult feelings about your ex, but it's important to keep them completely contained. Yeah. It is not the venue is never Be a grown up. Yes, Be a grown, up. grown up. Yep. Well, I, I do have a, a, a story. My, I have a twin sister. Uh, so our parents divorced when we were seven, but how they did that was, was one of excitement. They're like, girls come to the kitchen. And I approached the kitchen, mom and papa were holding hands. And they're like, we have news to share. But it was like, we have news to share. We're like, oh my gosh, we're we going to Disneyland or yeah. you're going to be able to live in two homes. <laughs> and so, but the, this is the thing we saw, we, papa's still called papa. So I'm going to honor him with that we were uh, and and our dad raised us so we were helping mom pack her things together as a family papa was helping him move couches into the truck ever so carefully we were witnessing wow. a sense of belonging and even throughout our our young childhood there was always like my sister and I never felt anything wrong we're just like they were still friends we still hung out as a family when we went to it excursions so everyone it was interesting by high school they're like oh you totally had that nuclear family right I'm like no actually I was raised by my dad <laughs> and they're just like 
that doesn't make any sense to me. <laughs> now, now that I'm nearly 50 and I'm reflecting, I'm like the, the decision they made to create that space for their children of belong. I call it, we call it belonging yes. has impacted me to this day that yes. the seed that was planted. And so, um, yeah, I that's actually, amazing. Yeah. I that mean, is an incredible story. I love hearing that such consciousness at that young age for you. I mean, they were way ahead of them time, their time. I don't know how they did it. Both immigrants, yeah. no parenting classes. I, they just trusted them themselves. I, I think that's just amazing. Well, when I'm working with clients, I often will ask them the question, which you shows up in your relationship, your wise adult or mm. your injured child? Mm. And in a, a divorce, bit of a mic drop. <laughs> yeah. And in a divorce, you often see that two people have their injured child out and they are just going at it. And that's Answer why me. divorces can be so contentious and so difficult. And that is the very worst thing you can do for the kids. It honestly is. But um, in a relationship, if you can remember to bring your wise adult forward, I mean, that's what the five secrets are about. It's about when you're practicing, your wise adult is awake and even in a moment when you're stressed and maybe your partner is stressed, you're taking a breath, you're waiting, you're not just reacting, you're giving them the benefit of the doubt in that moment, you are offering up grace, if you will, um, so that they can process what's happening and you can process what ha what's happening. And it can, if it's, even if it's a difficult moment, it can be a discussion instead of a, an argument. Yeah. I, I I think that both, all three of you all, as I'm listening, what I'm hearing is, you know, so our show is called the DH effect, the decided heart effect, because these are decisions. These are individual decisions. It's a decision to practice your marriage. It's a decision to show gratitude. These things don't just happen. They're very simple, but you still have to decide. And that idea of, I would love to, we would love to just play. I'm going to call it play because conversations like this feel like play to me, <laughs> but play for a little bit in this idea of self-growth, really dealing with your fifth um, kind of secret to, to marriage, but one that I am fascinated with because I see so many marriages um, breaking up in our, in our generation because one spouse has decided to grow and the other one says, but I'm comfortable here and things end up <laughs> breaking because they're not growing yeah. together. I, I just, I am sure you have so much wisdom. So I'm not even going to ask a question. I'm just going to say, go. <laughs> well, when, when so many marriages, people try to get their needs met by the marriage itself. Mm. So, yeah. you know, you'll meet people who are like, they want to be taken care of. They want, they want the marriage to make them safe. They perceive the world to be something that they're almost not willing to explore because it just feels unsafe. And people have a variety of reasons for why they do that. But the point being that they're stagnating, they're not personally growing. And the second thing is that when we talk about grow, people think about all the ways you can grow in the world, like, you know, taking on a new career or taking on some creative thing that you are in love with. Like maybe you're a master gardener or an herbalist, or you take up an instrument, but it's much bigger than that because really growing is about personal growth. 
And so for the decided heart to be that you have to make that decision first, if you're going to be compassionate in your relationship, that's a decision to quiet the part of you that's reacting, that wants to say something rude, that wants to jump in and get in your partner's face. That may take you some growth to actually recognize that the part of you that's reacting is really young. Maybe you had a critical father and all your wife said was, you know, I picked up your socks off the floor today and I, you know, wish that maybe you could pick them up. Maybe she didn't, she said it more critically than that. Either way, even if your wife is in a crabby mood or your husband's in a crabby mood and they, they, they make a statement that is really kind of a criticism, if you can breathe for a moment and recognize that maybe they had a hard day and say, I know you don't mean to bring it that way, but I just, you know, feel bad when, when you know, it feels like criticism or things of that sort. To be able to just take that moment to express it in, in relation to your feelings and how you are in that moment, rather than jumping in and being critical. So that takes a little bit of, of practice. And it also may take, for some people who may have had a difficult childhood, maybe growing is going into personal therapy and doing some work on what happened, processing it so that you can bring yourself to your relationship in a more whole way. Marriages offer incredible opportunities for both parties to grow if both parties remember that the marriage itself is not going to feed you. Yeah, there's in, in the, you know, there's, there's a series of go-giver books and in the, the book, The Go-Giver Leader, which is about leadership, there's a, and we often talk about the, the factor of leadership in marriage because we're really, we're really both leaders in a marriage. But in The Go-Giver Leader, there's a line that says, you can lead only as far as you grow and you'll grow only so far as you let yourself and that's really what this fifth secret is about. In all the go-giver books, there's always sets of five principles. And the first four are about giving, about generosity. And the fifth is always seemingly opposite, paradoxically, but actually it makes the other four work. In, our, in this book, Go-Giver Marriage, the first four books are being having a generous spirit toward your spouse, about appreciating them and attending to them and, and doing things for them and making space for them and supporting them and believing in them and being a, a, you know, being a source of light and warmth for your spouse and nourishment. The fifth secret is about giving to yourself. It's about giving nourishment and warmth and light to you. And it's not a question of being selfish or being unselfish. That's, that's an, an, a, an irrelevant distinction. What this fifth secret is about is allowing yourself to become the self you always wanted to be the person yeah. you've always wanted to be, allowing yourself to explore the outer limits of yourself and go beyond that, to become a, big, a bigger version of you, a bigger, wiser, deeper, kinder, gentler, stronger version of you. And here's the thing about that. You owe your spouse that. You owe that to the marriage. The marriage needs that. The marriage needs you to grow. It needs you to become a, a bigger version of yourself. And you know, as Anna said, people often look to the marriage to get their needs met. It's kind of the other way around. The marriage looks to us to get its needs met. There's that us. In the book we represented as a tree, which why if you're seeing this visually, there's a tree behind us. The, it's an organism. It needs nourishment, light, water. We bring that. So both of us nourish the us by growing ourselves. 
I just want that silence to stay. I, I just, to me, I had a physical reaction shells yeah. everywhere to, to redefine that lens of what is needed for this, re, for this mar- thing called marriage. Yeah. Um, I just, I'm also curious about this. So yes, I, I hear the giving. I can easily do that one. I'm just saying one can easily, I could do that check, right? They, Cause they want to check the box in today's society. The other one is okay. Self-time. Ooh, that's a little hard, but all right, I will do personal growth. And the thing about it is the receiving part <laughs> uh, to receive the acknowledgements to enduring your personal growth to receive that I'm okay, that I can own and fully grow. That also is a muscle, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> and, you know, what does it mean if someone like my partner here tells me, oh my gosh, Sonia, you're so compassionate and loving and I appreciate, oh no, no, no. Like, right? Dodgeball. Like, no, like, no, no, no. It takes, <laughs> it takes, it takes a big person to receive gracefully. It takes a bigger person to receive gracefully. Yeah. And that's also part of that, that respect of that relationship is the, the work, I guess, in that personal growth is to also learn how to receive because that receiving part is this, like, I think you called it like as the cycle, mm-hmm. the closure of the circle uh, and to almost, you think you're being, maybe I'm thinking I'm being nice and humble, but I'm actually being re- maybe disrespectful for yeah. not receiving it. And it's, it's like taking know. a gift and throwing it back in my face and being like, I don't want this gift. Right. I and know. it stops that energy. And that's the fifth law of the go-giver. The original go-giver's fifth law is the law of receptivity. It's mm-hmm. that you can only, you can give all day long, but if you can't receive, then the giving will stop. You know, it, it really needs, mm. you know, when you give in a relationship, it's like a boomerang. It comes back to you. But if you're not able to receive it, then all the gifts are missed. And mm. that's why we also talk about the five secrets in relation to children, because children not only need to be appreciated, they need to be attended to. Mm -hmm. Um, They, you know, they need every single one of the secrets, but when they understand and see that you're able to receive, then they are able to receive as well. That, that second, um, I believe it's the second one that's attending. Is that right? Or is that the third? I'm yes, sorry. That's the second. It's the second. Sorry. Um, but the attending, I love that. And actually all of them come back to, in my opinion, curiosity, right? They really, this idea in which we just, we love like curiosity is our most favorite word ever because (laughs) we really feel like it solves everything. When you're curious about others, it can help with, you know, racial bias. When you're curious about others, it creates psychological safety. When you're curious about, and that idea, I learned last year, this concept of the platinum rule, which was new to me and was this huge, you know, the golden rule is do unto others as you would have done, do, done unto you and, or treat others as you would yes. be treated. But the platinum is treat others the way they, they want, want to, be, to treated. be treated. And yeah. I was like, oh, I, here I am like 48 years old going, yeah. oh, my <laughs> goodness. But it takes yeah. curiosity and attending and yeah. presence. Yes. To do that, I would love, I mean, stories about that or, or your advice about how we start being in those moments and being here and having, I think playfulness and fun with curiosity is really important too. Absolutely. There's an incredible line in the book. That's one of my favorites, which is that every person is an unexplored continent. Mm. There's always something new to find. And I know that when John is a hundred and I'm there with him, that there will still be new things to find. 
because when you're constantly growing, when your curiosity is continues to be alive, you're growing and changing all the time. So there's always new things to find. And that is part of the power of growing as well, is that when you don't grow, you have nothing to bring back to the relationship. Mm. And so you are in fact stagnating. Yeah. And um, yeah, it's just so powerful to be in that place of, of continual curiosity and continual growth. And, and that curiosity too is, is you know, back to, to your language is, is a decision. You can make the decision to be curious. I need to know. There's a there's a uh, there's a character in the book who talks about a previous relationship where her 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 former husband was was giving always giving her gifts. He would give her gold jewelry, and she didn't like gold particularly. She was a, she says I was I'm a silver person, but he yes. didn't he didn't he didn't take the trouble to notice that about her. Yes, and he was doing the golden rule, right? Not the platinum or silver rule, I guess. You know, um, yes. so it, it's. It is a decision to learn about, you know, Anna calls it interviewing your spouse, interviewing your partner, mm. find things out about them, find things, find out what is their favorite flavor? What, who was their favorite teacher? What books did they read as a kid? You know, how, what was their first great disappointment? What was their first, you know, first love and their first love lost? Find out who was their favorite pet, you know, so much to learn about each other. And all of it is illuminating. All of it is fast. It's like a treasure hunt. You go in a treasure hunt that will never end. Because the more you find, the more you discover that there is to find. And I love telling this story. I had a client who would always make birthday cakes for her kids and for her husband. And um, they'd been married for 15 years. And she always made him a vanilla cake with a chocolate frosting. Or she'd make him a vanilla cake and then serve strawberries with it or something like that. And after 15 years, she started practicing the secrets. And she started interviewing him more. And one day she was preparing one of her kids' birthday parties and he's, and she said, what's your favorite cake? And he goes, oh, I like chocolate cake with chocolate frosting. <laughs> and for 15 years, she had made him something other than that because <laughs> she wasn't using that paying attention curiosity to realize that even when they went out to dinner, he would order chocolate desserts, mousse or cake or and so she started making him chocolate cakes with chocolate frosting. And she said the first year she did it, he was just over the moon. He was so happy. That's so amazing. To, okay. So I'm going to, I have a random, a rando question or, or thought or comment, and then I'm going rogue for a moment, but then I know we have a, a last couple of questions to just round things out. But my rogue question is, oh my gosh, the alchemist. You mentioned The Alchemist, and that is one of my favorite. So is it one of your favorite books? It was literally, in my opinion, I give it for graduations. I give it for, I love that book. I'm like, okay, I have to know. I'm curious. <laughs> it is my favorite yeah. book. John, John loves The Little Prince as mm. well, and so do I. Um, but I love The Alchemist because it's yeah. the whole idea of coming home to yourself. Yes. And it's so, to me, it's just that it's kind of like that idea that the kingdom of heaven is within it's mm -hmm. that, you know, the jewels are, are inside, you know, or it, it, it's all to be found within. And I would add that our fifth secret grow. It's really all about finding your personal legend, you know, in Paolo mm -hmm. Coelho's words, um, that personal legend is, is something, you know, when you go through a book on Kindle, you can see how many, how many people have highlighted a certain phrase and say, oh, yeah. 500 other people highlighted that. And when you go in the Kindle version of The Alchemist and you, you, and you go click on the, the 
passages about finding your personal legend. It's like a billion people have clicked on this. <laughs> it resonates with people because we all want to understand the journey we're on. We're all heroes in our own minds, which we should be. We are the center of our story. What is that story? What is that legend? What is the tale we're, we're weaving? And that's what Grow is all about. It's about really finding out who you are and being that. Yes. And celebrating it in your partner as well. I mean, I think that's yeah. a, a whole other piece. It's like, you know, John never thought about writing novels 20 years ago. And I kept, um, I believed in him in terms of novels. So I kept telling him, you know, you'd write remarkable novels. And he would say. I would say, thank you very much for the vote of confidence. Translation. Yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't. To me, not the idea of writing a novel is like 400 pages. How do you keep track of all those characters in the city? Yeah, it's like. I, it, it, it intimidated me so much that it was almost uncomfortable. It was uncomfortable for me when she would say that. And inside <laughs> I'd be going like, no, 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 don't say that. Cause I could not do that. That would be too difficult. Well, here we are. I've just published my first novel. I'm about to publish my second. Oh, congrats. You know, John, um, I have to, I'm going a little bit rogue too. You I'm go sorry. rogue, go rogue, I, you know, sister. Rogue on. Um, <laughs> But in your um, interview with Ken Walls, I just really loved how um, you did say, you mentioned I've been aiming towards being a writer, uh, which was really cool to, to hear that. But you also said I've been aiming for Anna without knowing. And you discovered on, but you've all this time you have been aiming for Anna and what she yeah. tried to you. Uh, I would love for you, and maybe this goes with you know, in a marriage, like, what were you aiming? What is, can you define that a little bit, articulate the aiming for or towards? You know, all the best thing, I'll just say this, all the best things in my life have happened not as a result of my plan. I mean, I when I say I was aiming for her, I didn't know that I was aiming for her. I didn't know that I was aiming to be a writer. I didn't know that something like Anna existed. I didn't, I didn't even know that happiness like that was possible. All I, all I knew was that um, there was more for me out there. And, you know, people say, how can, how do I attract the right partner? When we say, don't attract, the, don't, don't try to attract the right partner, be the right partner. Just be that, be the, be the best you, you can be. The, the gravitational effect will take place. <laughs> the partner will, will come into your orbit. And that's really what happened. I mean, Anna came into my orbit. I could never have planned it. It just, it was a great surprise in my life. Still is. We have a good friend, um, Sean Derrick, who says, don't follow your dream, follow your theme. Mm -hmm. And uh -huh. so, which I really like. And so as I, it's like, okay, this, this feels right. I'm going to continue moving this way. And then it attracts what it is yeah. that you're that. So I, I, it feels very, very similar in what you're saying. I love how you really, truly honor each other. Um, and I have, a, I, I guess I look at the book and as I'm listening, I feel like it should be something that everyone gets before they're married, actually. <laughs> like, yes. Right? Actually, we, like that we, idea. Have a, we have a lot of people that have written to us and said, I'm going to five weddings this year and mm -hmm. I'm buying five copies because I want to make certain that everyone has it. Mm -hmm. And people are giving it out as engagement gifts, and which is very sweet for us because we feel the same. We feel if more yeah. couples understood the power of giving and generosity in a relationship, as well as the power of growing and staying really awake and alive to your own needs, that more marriages would make it, you know? It's, it's a tough landscape out there. 
I just feel like that's such a great way to close up. I, mm. and I know that um, our viewers and listeners will be like, okay, what else? Like how, how can they get in touch with you? Um, how can they find you? Uh, what are your offerings? Uh, so what would be the best way for our, our audience to, to get connected with you? Well, we have a website, which is simply gogivermarriage.com. No hyphens, no, no breaks in the words, just gogivermarriage.com. And on that site, you'll, of course, you'll find the book and about, all about the book. You can order the book there. You can, you can you know, meet us there. You can write to us there and nobody reads our, the emails but me. We don't have a staff that reads them. It's just us. Uh, you can say anything. Also, all the programs that we're doing. We do a, a program called Living the Five Secrets to Lasting Love uh, over Zoom. Live, live over Zoom, about two and a half hour program. We do that once a month. So you can find that on there. Anna's individual coaching that she has, um, it's on there. Everything we do is basically uh, around this is on that site. Can I just share, you know, just being in the Zoom space with you, I, I it's a physical sensation. My energy level was, I could feel it just increasing. Mm -hmm. And then this entire time connecting with you both and you as well, it's just staying. <laughs> I am so ready. It's almost like, you know, Anna, your example of um, when the when the husband was acknowledged and then went to work. I am filled right now, and I know that my entire day will be filled just by spending time with you both and Hillary as well. Like I'm just thank you so much for for just putting the the honor, reminding me of the honor of our spirits, our dignity, our our belonging. Um, I experienced that with you. So what a great model. <laughs> Thank you so much. You I'm know, the speechless. book is, is really a mission for us. Honest to goodness, we've really wanted to put this book out for 20 years. And now that we are, we're setting up a coach's training program. We're doing workshops. We're doing group coaching as well as individual coaching. Yeah. You know, everything is just, you know, really about the energy of this because it means so much to me and to John that people learn that it's not rocket science. It's, mm. it's the, you know, these are really basic things that make such a difference that change the entire tone of your relationship. And it isn't just about saving marriages that are in crisis or helping marriages that are faltering to turn around and make it. It's also about taking marriages and relationships that are already okay or pretty good or not terrible and making them all they could be bringing them to their full potential, finding the actual joy and glory and happiness that, that's, that's in there. Because every relationship has that potential. Absolutely. That's Sonia. Right before this, Sonia said, John says the four letter word is fine. So getting, <laughs> getting, getting away from fine, <laughs> fine. dangerous yeah. word, right? <laughs> four letter word. You got it. Yeah. Four. How are you? Fine. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, it is so beautiful. Well, you, you certainly Thank you so much for coming and sharing with us uh, and our listeners. You certainly have fans in us. I, I, we, the DH effect is the positive change, the ripple effect you see once you make that positive decision and change. You certainly are having an impact. You've impacted us. I know you will, our listeners as well. And to our listeners, thank you for joining us for another episode. Make sure that you're following on all the social media platforms. We'll have them listed for the mans as well as uh, for, for ourselves and check out our website at the dhfect.com for more great opportunities to learn how you can honor and celebrate your own being mm. until next time. May you have the courage to live with a decided heart. <laughs>